Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, Ty Roxon here. Just giving a brief synopsis about today's episode. Now, if you're an international student or you've held visas for you know educational purposes, today's episode is with someone that could help, right? So Brian Hoffman is a gentleman that I met on LinkedIn, and he's the founder of Nomad Credit. And we discussed different ways to provide marketplace for those underserved by other uh, marketplaces. And historically, international students have had very limited options for obtaining credit. And he tells us why his company is a great option for international students. We also dive into bootstrapping in America and what to expect as an entrepreneur. So if you know someone is an international student, and if you're an international student, this is an episode for you. If you're thinking about starting a business, check it out. Love you all, and see you on Monday. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Brian Hoffman. He's the founder and CEO of Nomad Credit. Now... What we're going to be talking about today is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I have always been an international student. That's been my experience ever since I got to the United States. And we're talking about how his company helps international students and workers get loans and credit and insurance in the United States. These are complicated for American citizens, but even more complicated for international students. Maybe they're not. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, the, the pleasure is mine. Obviously, um, we have an international audience. A lot of people do listen to the show and they're from, you know, outside of the U.S. and it's in 150 countries. So sometimes people would wonder, hey, I'm trying to figure out a way to secure money to do something in the United States. And uh, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on here. But before we go into all that, I want to give the audience a glimpse of who you are and what led you down this path. Yeah, sure. So I uh, went to Indiana University. Um, started my career as a derivatives trader at the Chicago Board of Trade, trading commodities and stuff like that. Um, eventually got burned out and, and I thought I could just start a lending company, uh, even though I knew nothing about lending, uh, that I was going to make a billion dollars because it seemed like everyone was in 2015. <laughs> um, and that's not, <laughs> you know, how it works. Um, so 
along the along the road, we tried to start lending to international students. Um, you know, and what I ended up realizing is that being a marketplace where we kind of directed international students uh, to the appropriate lenders was probably better than me trying to give out the loans myself. Um, so that's kind of how we we got here to where we're at today. Yeah, no, that's that's quite interesting. So when when you said lending, obviously now you've now you're way more knowledgeable than when you first started, but. You know, it, it can be intimidating, especially I can speak from experience, just thinking I never even dreamed of trying to get a loan here just because I thought it's just like this weird process that I would probably keep me in debt forever. So talk to me about the process and how you with Nomad Capital help international students um, attend college here. Okay. Um, so Nomad Credit, um, what we do is we work with lenders from around the world. Uh and what that does is we have underwriting. So you come to us and you kind of say, Hey, I'm from this country and I want to go to this school. And we can sit here and say, all right, look, there's a company in America called Sally May. You should go to Sally May or, Hey, there's a company in India that, that you should go to because, you know, your parents are in India or whatnot. Um, we are the only company that I'm aware of in the world that works directly with lenders in America and, you know, in Asia. Uh, so that kind of gives us a real benefit to, to helping our customers. Okay. Okay. But so as you, as you're working with the lenders in Asia and in United States, what's that process? Let's say an Indian, uh, or someone from Singapore wants to come to the United States. What they just come to your site and then what's the process? They give us a few pieces of information, kind of where they want to go to school, um, you know, where they're from, if they have anyone who's willing to co-sign the loan. Uh, and then we can kind of point them in as best of a direction as we can. Okay. Okay. And then I, I, I guess, I guess I'm really curious about that. So when, you know, it's you, you help, you know, find the right products for international students and visa holders living here. Can you explain a success story and really illustrate how that process works through that success story? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I'd say on any given month, we get I don't know, dozens and dozens of loans out from kids all over the world trying to come here. You know, some kids, you know, in India, they don't realize that, hey, there's, you know, Discover Card or whoever here in the States that are giving out loans at 3 or 4% for student loans. Gotcha. You know, they, di they didn't realize that their uncle here who's working in Silicon Valley could co-sign the loan and that they could get a loan for 4%. So that's, you know, part of the education that, that we provide students. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in, in places like India, I mean, online lending has not really come to fruition. So not everyone knows that you can go online and fill out an application and get 50 grand. So that's, you know, something we also educate students on. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I imagine obviously, you know, because of a lack of a U.S. credit score, it might be, harder for some people to, to get that. So you help them identify those financial institutions around the world that may best serve them uh, based on that credit risk. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. So a lot of times they might often be better just going to their local bank. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of the complications that international students face while applying and receiving loans. What would you say they are in your opinion? Uh, one of the biggest challenges that international students have is actually around the visa because there's kind of like that chicken and egg problem in that a lot of lenders want to know that you're going to get a visa yeah. before they give you the loan, but you need the money to get the visa. 
<laughs> so uh, it's actually quite challenging. So, no, I mean, I agree because they, they, no embassy can actually guarantee you a visa because it's, you know, it's unethical. It's not what they do. You go through the process. And if you're applying, you sort of then miss out on a potential loan because there's a deadline and obviously you have to do that. So I imagine that that leads to things like higher interest rates. So how do you combat that? Uh, well, you know, the interest rates are kind of up to the lender. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, that's really one of, of many factors, uh, that goes into, um, someone's interest rate. But I, I would say the best way to get a lower interest rate is to honestly study hard and get into a better school because, you know, there's a big difference between Harvard and not Harvard. Okay. Which is, which is the other school. So Ivy League and not Ivy League schools. Uh, tend to have a little bit of difference there with uh, loans as well. Okay. Um, in terms of, we talked about the complications on the international side, but what about the complications um, for those loan industry as they're serving international students? What did they face? I, I think they don't necessarily understand it. Even the biggest names, uh, you know, are still coming to grips on, on how to figure it out. Um, you know, one of the great things about different cultures, right, is there's, uh, you know, different things such as in Asia, you know, defaulting on debt is in some cultures disgrace in the family. Yep. Right. Very much so. Whereas in America, you're going to find there's definitely people that say, you know what? I paid you back enough. I'm done. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want, you know, that, that cultural like, Hey, you're going to disgrace the family. You better pay this back. It, it does, it does show in, in the returns on some of these loans. Mm. Um, so I, I think generally the the lenders here in the states are still trying to you know get their arms around the complications of of having an international client. Yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you, and you know I'm listening to you, and obviously a lot of the work I do is around cross cultural competency. I'm I'm a Nigerian, you know, I grew up in partly in Asia as well as um, in Africa, and those continents are both collectivist. You know, they're very family oriented, um, and a lot of times. You know, the shame of disgracing your family name is larger than you, anything you can do on an individual basis. America is very individualist and, you know, you know, you can go here, you can live the American dream, you can, you know, basically come out of nothing and that's celebrated. And that idea of what you said, just owing someone money, it's almost something that's really crippling. And I, I, you know, I remember my first time coming here and thinking like, I, I need to get a credit card. Like, why do I want to pay and, Oh, the, the, you know, the country money. And they, they were like, no, it's good for your credit risk. It's good for your credit score. You need to actually build that so you can get a car and so you can actually rent an apartment. And that was a whole mindset shift for me. I'm wondering if you have to do the same thing with the international students that you start to work on. Do you have like a whole archive of resources where you educate international students on how it might not be as bad as you think? Uh, and, how you can guide them through the process to make sure that they feel more at home and more at ease with that. Uh, yeah, so that's a great point. And just one, one note, we are trying to start working with some banks in Nigeria to help uh, Nigerian students get loans here for college, um, which, is, which is exciting for us because that's actually our third biggest market after China. And yeah, India. it's a big market, I'm uh, telling you, man. It's the largest... Uh, <laughs> Uh, largest co- country population-wise in Africa and 10th in the world, so for sure. Yeah, I, I would say with regards to culture, and I think one of the biggest 
challenges we had is, is with uh, Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such that uh, sometimes the families feel disgraced if, if their kids take out loans. Yep. Uh, so actually, if you look at a lot of like Chinese lending sites that talks about like, hey, we won't tell your parents if you take out a loan from us because, uh, you know, it's just not something that should be talked about in that culture, which is interesting. I know I had a conversation with one of the biggest lenders today where we, you know, we're kind of talking about that problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I just brought that up. Obviously, I know you're not going to be able to solve that that solution, but I'm curious. As, I was just curious as to how you deal with that challenge because the fact of the matter is the prices of universities here are just rising. I mean, it is um, continuing to go at a, at a rate that is basically going to secure uh, <laughs> secure that you owe them for a long time, even when you get hired. And so that challenge affects a lot of Americans. I can't imagine it doesn't affect a lot of international students if they don't have scholarships. And so you, you know, highlighting the point that sometimes maybe not some people not telling their parents is one of the ways to do that. I'll be curious to see if your company in the future can actually um, help bridge that divide and ease that, that sort of cultural mindset. Because I think once you do that, um, there'll probably be a little bit more, uh, you know, more people from the audiences that you want in those countries because it could be a potential game changer there. Yeah, it's honestly been very interesting as we start working in Nigeria and we've obviously done a lot of work in India and, and soon in China, uh, getting to know those cultures and how lending actually happens in yep. those three countries and the you know societal norms around those things and procedures is, is, is just amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, fintech, you I, I, would you say what you do is fintech? Uh, I would say so. Okay, so I, I I brought it up because it's it's been it's another buzzword, you know, millennials buzzword, fintech's buzzword, you know, um, Gen Z's buzzword. But I hear a lot of fintech. How do you? How has that ecosystem affected your business? You know, uh, in the last I don't know a couple of years since you've launched. Yeah, so I, I think uh, fintech is obviously great. I mean, the, the more you can automate and make efficient. Uh, credit and, and the quickness to credit, you know, the better everyone is. Um, you know, with that said, there's a lot of challenges, right? It, it grew, fintech grew really quick and then subsequently, you know, regulators kind of show up and, and yep. you know, start asking questions. So that uncertainty about regulations is obviously challenging, especially for us with international students or international citizens, right? I mean, can they legally complain to uh, one of the uh, organizations that that's meant for U.S. consumer protections, right? I mean, is the U.S. government going to sue me because of something that happened in, in Mumbai? You know, that's up in the air. Um, but, yeah, I would say overall the fact that FinTech has grown is great for everyone to, to have more access to credit. Yeah. No, I, it's it's – you know, regulators show up everywhere, you know, especially in the gig economy. It happens with uh, Uber, it happened with Airbnb, and with your industry, I'm very, very curious just because of, you know, the causes of the last recessions in, in the United States have, have been loosely related with the financial industry in some way, in some form. And so sometimes I do wonder if there's an interest in vetting process that goes through that, and if there is how that either hinders or causes people to consider your um... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know, your, your industry. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point with regard to some of the economic challenges. Yeah. You know, innovation is, is how some of these underbanked people get loans. At the same time, some of those innovations don't work out and then, you know, people pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and, and with that lie, what do you say about the, uh, the industry, the loan industry evolving in the next five years? How do you see that growing? I, I think more of it will, will move online. Certainly, you can see some of these chase banks down the street that are closing up, you know, the brick and mortar banks. Uh, you know, definitely with payments going online, and there's there's much less need for some of the actual infrastructure of banks. Um, you know, I, I think the world's becoming more more globalized with regards to lending and payments and, and everything of that nature. Um, and I would say I think the world's going to become more flat with regards to lending and lending norms. Yeah. I think people in China are going to be comfortable with taking a loan out in America or. Or, or even knowing the process, because right now people in India don't know how it works here, and I think we're, we're starting to get to that point. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, no, this is good. No, thanks. We finally got, you know, with the, with the technical aspects of that, and I, I want to make sure that the audience also gets a chance to know who you are. We went to school around the same time, 2007, 2011 for me. I think you graduated in 2012 um, at Indiana, but so we're roughly the same age. Now, yeah. a big focus for me is building the next set of global leaders. You know, I believe you and I are the leaders of today or tomorrow and the generation coming after us are the same. As we, as you look at the world, as you look at what you're trying to do with your company, as you look at, as you look at what your colleagues or from school are trying to do, how do you feel like you, your role, uh, can play or, you know, can have a place in impacting the world for the better? Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I love being able to get kids loans to come to school here to achieve their dreams when they didn't realize it was possible. Um, I, I think one of the things that people like you and I, I would hope to promote is is kind of entrepreneurship and taking risks and, and living out your dream. Um, it, it seems, you know, going to Indiana, like a lot of people followed that, hey, I'm going to be a consultant, I'm going to be a banker, like safe route. Uh, you know, the world is made better by innovation and people taking risks, so. The more I can promote people following their dreams and, you know, taking that crazy idea into the next $100 billion company, you know, the, the better we all are. Knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. But, uh, <laughs> okay. No, no I, I definitely agree with that. But I want to talk, uh, I want to dive even further with you. Can you talk about some of those failures you've had on your path to entrepreneurship? Oh, failures? Every oh. one of them. <laughs> because, because the, the, the reason why is, 
there, you know, a lot of the greatest leaders in the world obviously had a journey that they had to take. And part of that journey was overcoming some obstacles and get there. Now, I don't like to see obstacles as something that they're anchors. I see them as, you know, catalysts to change and, and positive growth. But, you know, before you be, you made Nomad Capital this great company that it is, I imagine there must have been a lot of self-doubt. There must have been a lot of, you know, financial, personal challenges that you might have gone through. And I'm curious to see and hear how you got through those. Oh, yeah. I mean, the business model changed numerous times. And we had partners that were in and out at, at, at every, you know, valley. Uh, there was times when, you know, your bank account is close to zero and, <laughs> you know, you're close to tears. Like, look, that stuff builds character because now it's like, oh, I have this problem that most people will be scared about, but I had way worse before. So this is nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, those failures kind of make you. And, and if you can kind of persist through, and I, and I think they call it sometimes like the struggle. Like if you can push through the struggle, you know, it's, you know, a lot better thereafter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, th- ladies and gentlemen, Brian went to Indiana University. You know, no one of the, the Kelly School of Business. That's one of the highest ranked schools of business in the world. And a lot of times, when people talk, I, mean, I imagine when people reach out to you to say, Brian, I, I'd love to have my own business. I'd love to start my own business. Um, but you know, I'm afraid of you know the risk. You know, I, I don't want to spend this amount of money. Is there a way I can sort of safeguard all that? What do you tell them? And, you know, you went to an important, a very, very prestigious school and you've had failures. So it's not beneath anyone. But what do you tell those people who try to safeguard themselves from actual failures? That's, that's a great question. You know, I, I was in the 100 person fraternity, right? So now that I have a business, every guy from the fraternity comes to me and says, Hey, Brian, I got this idea. Yeah. All right. I'll, <laughs> I, I, all right. I'll meet you, right? And generally it's, you know, not the greatest business idea, but hey, look, we can, we can think through it. Uh-huh. And ultimately it's like, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to quit your job. You're not going to make any money for like 18 months. You're going to pitch 100 investors. They're all going to tell you best of luck. Uh, oh, I don't really want to do that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of want my salary. Like, I, I like my vacations to the Bahamas. Okay. This isn't for you then. Yeah. 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 No, and, and, and that, that's, that's the whole point of what I wanted to say this to you, uh, what I wanted you to say because – Internationals are listening to this. Local, uh, a lot of Americans listen to this podcast, and a lot of people that listen to this are within our age range. And the idea of of sort of trying to eat your cake and have it is it, it doesn't work in today's marketplace because it, it is, as you said, it's rapidly evolving. And the more you sit on your idea uh, for something to happen, you don't know how the market will react to that just because of how changes are are growing. And if you, you were to use examples of your company, you said Nomad, of Airbnb or of the Lyft or Uber, they had to figure out a way to deal with all those reg- regulator, <laughs> regulatory changes. And they didn't decide to just quit once those, th- once those things came. And government said, you're not going to be in this state. You're not going to be in that state. You have to learn how to adapt. And if you don't start to train yourself on the adaptation of, of your business and your mindset during um, uh, difficult periods, Building the business of being an entrepreneur ultimately wouldn't be for you. And so, um, yeah, no, that, that's just what I wanted to say with that. But I didn't know if you had anything else to add. Yeah, one, one thing I'd add, you know, being a similar age is you're kind of at an age where people are getting married and are taking these, like, two-week vacations to Europe. And, you know, you can go on social media and, like, hey, Mary is having a great time right now. It looks like she just <laughs> got a big bonus, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm here crying because... I can't make payroll or like, you know, I can't make rent. Right. And I just spent $50,000 my own money. 
or whatever number, right? Yeah. It's it's tough from a social pressure standpoint. Yes. Yeah. You know? It's tough. From, I don't know uh, if you went through it. No, I mean, I'm <laughs> a lot of times people say, my, I, uh, what, I just turned 28, right? So it was, just had the, the birthday and I don't feel this pressure, but my mom, she just watched my brother get married and she's like, Tyler, you know, little hints. When are you, uh, you know, when are you going to start having a social life with, uh, with, you know, when are you going to give me a grandkid? <laughs> and, and it wasn't, and I love love. I'm the most romantic person there out there, but. I was thinking about it. I was like, it's not that I don't want to, to have a relationship. I definitely do. But it, for me, because of what I'm doing, I feel like I need to really give it the right amount of time. I don't feel like it's something that needs to be rushed because for where I want to be and where I want to go, I want my partner to be able to build as well. And I just, you know, I developed that mindset because a lot of my friends might have prioritized certain things. And I just chose to sort of build a business and then ultimately find someone that who uh, that aligns with with um, changing the world the same way, and so you know, I think of it in a different way. I just I just think for me, it's it's a matter of I don't know. It's a matter of timing for me. I'm not as pressed as as people would think I would be, and I also think being 28 is not as uh, <laughs> it's still a, still a very young age to start worrying about getting married. But that does not change the fact that a lot of people our age are at that stage where they get married and they're their first kids. Uh, but I don't know. I just think I started to build a self, a strong sense of who I am. And then I felt confident with, with being everybody else's uncle. <laughs> yeah. Look, this, I mean, what you're doing is, is, is not, you know, nine to five. It, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, that makes, you know, you have to sacrifice other things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the long run. And ultimately when you do get to that level where you can have, the kids and the wife and, 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 the, and the husband and whatever you want, it's you're able to one provide, but you're also able to actually do that in a fulfilled way because you, you, you're doing what you love. I got my MBA here at Fordham University and I had people tell me verbatim, I'm going to be miserable for this next four years because I'm, you know, they were investment bankers. Every, everybody in my MBA went to finance and, you know, they would make what 200, 300,000 a year, but they kept saying, I know I'm going to be miserable. I'm not going to see anyone, but I'm going to do this so that I could have a family. And I sort of see it the other way where why not build a business that you love, grow, and then have that be sustainable so you don't have to quit after three years and then, you know, build the family. So that's just the way I see it. But, um, I'm, I'm interested interestingly watching, uh, the inverse of that. And, and I hope it all works out for everyone involved, but, um, I just couldn't operate that way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about businesses is, is, is they do scale, right? When you have people working for you and you're just kind of counting cash, you know, that, that's really where you want to get to. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I guess ultimately the most important thing for me is, is um, the, li- the amount of lives I impact. So I guess that kind of stuff doesn't change given the current climate of, of, <laughs> of, the, uh, of the world. But um, no, it's good. I just wanted to hear your perspective on that. You know, occasionally when I have, um, uh, People such as yourself, I'm always curious as to just what type of mindset and, and daily processes or daily habits that you develop in yourself. Because it is, it can be a lonely world sometimes. And, um, you know, having that fortitude to push through is something I admire uh, in entrepreneurs like yourself. I'll, I'll, I'll leave one thing. It's one of, one of the great things that I hear from people, you know, like, hey, I'm just going to start this company in part time and I'm just going to do it part time because I'm super efficient. Right. You know, I work, I work smarter. It's like, what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> you know, 
you know, my, look, my eyes are bleeding right now. My head hurts, but I'm, I'm here every day, seven days a week, grinding it out because, you know, look, if, if I'm not doing it, somebody else is going to come compete with me and kick my ass, right? So yeah. Yeah. this is what it takes, and, and this is what we signed up for. Yeah, this is what you signed up for. Just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Brian Hoffman. He's the founder of Nomad Credit, and Nomad Credit is quickly partnering with U.S. universities, lenders, and companies from around the world to help serve the financial needs of international students. So you can definitely please reach out to, to, to them, uh, to him, um, if you're interested in, in you know, gr- their growing list of partners. So where can people find you, Brian, if someone wants to reach out to you? Uh, go to Nomad Credit, uh, N-O-M-A-D-C-R-E-D-I-T dot com. Um, you can go and if you have any questions, go to the contact us page, send us a message. Uh, if, if you, if you mentioned, uh, that you, you heard about us on this podcast, I will personally respond and help you with, with whatever question you have. Nice, nice. The host of As Told by Nomads is interviewing the founder of Nomad <laughs> Credit. I, I love the, uh, the, the Nomad, uh, um, connection there. But, um, I, I have this final question before I let you go. It's a question I ask everyone on my show. It's my mission statement. It's the reason why um, I get up every day. And uh, it's use your difference to make a difference. Firmly believe that each one of us has the ability to do so. So how do you, Brian, use your difference to make a difference? Yeah, I mean, I think we want to flatten the world, provide credit to as many people throughout the world, uh, and, and really help countries uh, catch up to kind of accepted standard practice here in America to help them get better financial products, not only for people that are coming here, but for there are also people that are staying in their home country. Um, we, we really want to see more access to, to credit and allow people to live the dreams that they want to do. There you have it. Brian Hoffman dropping knowledge and uh, letting us know how he wants to flatten the world. Um, I'm sure some flat earthers are pretty happy about that. But um, <laughs> um, the, the, here's to making the world flatter and more connected. And thank you so much for your time and uh hopefully we get more people to your side appreciate it appreciate it thank you for your time i enjoyed it anytime till next time ladies and gentlemen use your difference to make a difference you've just been listening to the as told by nomads podcast for more ways to reach out to tayo and to use your difference to make a difference head over to www.tayoroxon.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 